The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Welcome in, everybody, to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast. You've got the three amigos back this week, breaking down everything sports. Uh, we're brought to you by our good friends over at Belly Up Sports. Shout out Jacob at Home Depot, working work his, his nights away. I talked with him earlier. He's got two more weeks of night shift, guys, then he'll he'll join us back, and we'll get the, the full quad on the Sports Scramble. Uh, if you're watching over on YouTube, hit a like, comment, share, Subscribe, send it to your grandma, send it to your, your neighbor, your postman, I don't know. Send it out to the interweb. So, guys, did y'all have a good weekend? Watch some sports? Yes, it was very nice. Just sat there and watched football all day Saturday and had NFL Red Zone on while we were doing our chores and laundry on Sunday. So that's what it's all about. Hey, that's the way to do it. The Red red Zone is great with the – with YouTube, because then you can like multi-stream onto your TV and have like four games going. You can have like Redstone on the phone. And I've got like the full sports. I, Pro tip: audio. When you have it on the quad mode, put the audio on the Red Zone channel, but keep it so you can watch all the games. But that way, you never hear a commercial all day. Oh, way coming in with the with the highlights there. So, uh, Tyler, I know you you probably didn't move in front of the TV considering you had to cover all the games on Saturday for college football wise. How'd it go? Tyler, we got you muted. I don't know why you have muted, but all right. Uh, I don't yeah. know what happened. You're obscene, pretty, Tyler. We just can't trust you. It was pretty <laughs> yeah, much of a dud of a weekend on paper, uh, but man, what a weekend it was uh, in college football. You know, there were some teams that were tested. Uh, there were some upsets. Uh, the lone one uh, was Florida upsetting uh, Tennessee, and yeah, then Colorado got tested against Colorado State uh, after all the beef uh, that went on. Uh, so, yeah, it was a wild weekend, and looking forward to what's going to be Statement Saturday in college football and NFL was great too. There were some good games too. Yeah, no, the, the NFL was good. Few key injuries. Uh, just I'm watching the Monday night game. Uh, we got the Saints. We'll do a little live check in here in a second. They're at halftime. Saquon went down. Uh, Joe Burrow re-aggravated his calf strain, but that might just be an excuse for how poorly he's playing. That's also with Patrick Mahomes. What happened with Patty uh, this weekend? Anybody see that? I didn't see an injury, but he did re-up his contract, so now he'll be making more money per year than Burrow, uh, which if you've watched the two play both weekends this year, I would say that's well-deserved for uh, for Mahomes. I mean, yeah. it's only a matter of time before he got passed up in value, but nobody's surpassing his value on the field. No, I mean, he's, I mean he signed that 10-year deal pretty early. Um, I think he's getting like fifty million, and Burrow was fifty five. So I get. Do you know what he? Adjust, I assume he adjusted it to like fifty six, fifty seven, and just short. It's all semantics. I mean, it's the same contract. He's just getting more money from twenty twenty four to twenty twenty seven, which is his perceived prime. But he'll get um, the same years on the contract, and I think the total value just increases by a slight amount. Okay. Well, let's get into some of these Sunday games. First, we're going to start Monday night. New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers are at half. It's six to three. It is some pretty poor uh, 
quarterback play. Uh, it started off nice for the Saints with Derek Carr, uh, but the past two drives have ended up, ended up in long sacks and interceptions. So, Wade, you got the Saints jersey on. Uh, what do you expect to see from, from the Saints in the second half? I think that they'll take it up a tick offensively. Uh, losing Jamal Williams definitely did hurt because it's going to be hard to establish the run with Tony Jones. Um, Wait, Williams got hurt? Yeah, yeah, he had to leave the game. Oh, Lord. Well, there goes my fantasy. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. Yeah. This is why we do it live, guys, on Monday night. It's kind of nice. Um, but, yeah, I think right now the underneath passing game is working really well for Michael Thomas. I do think that eventually you'll see him stretch the field with Rashid Shahid and uh, Chris so. Olave. You got to get that guy rolling. So uh, I kind of expected this to be a lower scoring game. Might be that way now that Williams is out. I thought the Saints would have better luck running the football, but obviously injuries do come into play. Yeah, no, Carolina's defense is actually looking pretty well. It's a, it's a defensive front. Uh, they have a good pass rush. Yeah, and the Browns and Steelers, uh, they're not quite into halftime. Wait and see what the score is. But Tyler, Bryce Young is struggling early, and he struggled last week. Is this, uh, is this what you expect from the number one pick? Yeah, I mean, it's a rookie. The rust is supposed to be happening. I mean, honestly, the best rookie quarterback right now is Anthony Richardson. He had two rushing touchdowns. I know he had a concussion. Uh, but, you know, Bryce Young uh, with that offense, there's just not really a receiver that's, you know, I know that Adam Thielen is there. He has some age and veteran experience. But the other wide receivers, you know, you got DJ Chark, you got Terrace Marshall. So it's not really the core that you were hoping for. Uh, but, you know, this is just game number two, not really an overreaction. Uh, Bryce Young and the, the Panthers offensive line uh, is not the best uh, in the NFL. Uh, so it's going to take some time. Uh, I think that Bryce Young is, is, is going to be a solid quarterback though in the league. He, did, he looks a little scared back there, and I think it's probably because he's playing the Saints for his second-ever NFL start, first time at home, um, and that defensive front is not letting up for him. So uh, let's get to some of the games. Bengals, Ravens. Ravens win a close one. Joey B let it come back but uh, wasn't able to complete it. It's just – I don't – it's like he's off a little bit. I mean, Wade – you stole Justin Jefferson from me, and I got stuck with Jamar Chase, which I thought would have been fine, but he's just not producing fantasy-wise, and I don't really know what the answer is. I mean, should I be patient? Or time, just, time. What's time. going on? You need I mean, time. Is it time. Is it time to panic, though, if you're a Bengals fan with Joe Burrow? He he cuts his hair after every loss, so you saw him in the bowl cut. <laughs> now he's got the nice fade like he used to rock at LSU. Next week, is he going to be bald? I mean, what's going on? We need buzz cut Joe. Yeah, back when he had at Ohio State. But, I mean, all right, let's 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 start with you, Wade. Is it time to panic if you're a Bengals fan? I don't think it's time to panic completely on the season. We did see this team start the year 0-2 last year, similar kind of stuff, a, a close divisional loss to the Steelers, and then they went on the road and got pretty much curb-stomped by the uh, Cowboys, if I remember correctly. So, you know, they shook it off last year. That was with Burrow at full health. I think what you're seeing is that he did not play in the preseason at all. And right. I just think they're out of sync. But, you know, this this team's been there, done that. I think they'll bounce back. Um, the difference this year is they have two divisional losses. So it's that, kind of an uphill battle good. to win the division. And you yeah. don't want to get into the wild card because then you got to play a divisional rival on the road in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about this calf injury, though? You watch the game. Is that what's, is Maybe that's what's holding them back to, to start the season? 
a little bit, but I think it's more of the the timing of things. I think he's just kind of jittery back there. I think his escapability has been pretty good. You can tell he did tweak it, um, escaping the pocket at the end of the Ravens game. But I think it's more so the routes that they're having T. Higgins and Jamar run. They're just not getting open on the outside, and, and the timing's just a little bit off. Well, I'm hoping Joe gets it figured out. Tyler, is it time to panic for Bengals fans? What do you think? Yeah, it is. I agree with Wade. You know, it would be one thing if the two losses were outside the division, but it's inside the division. If you look like a team of the Ravens, they are really not playing to their potential these first two games, uh, but they're 2-0. and So I think it's never easy. I don't think it's it's very tough for any team in the NFL. If you start 0-2, it's hard uh, to come back and make the playoffs. And, you know, with Joe Burrow with his calf injury, without the preseason, he just wasn't able to get any reps. You're seeing it. And Jamar Chase is having an awful start to the season. I had a lot of hype uh, in fantasy. I thought that he was going to be right up there with Justin Jefferson, but he doesn't even look like any close to that. Uh, so I think, you know, the defense uh, is very concerning, too. I mean, the defense hasn't been able to stop anybody. And the way that Joe Burrow has been looking and with a re-aggravated calf injury, it's not looking too good. And it's looking like the the Baltimore Ravens are going to take over this division this year. Yeah, like Wade mentioned, it's going to be tough uh, playoff-wise. You drop two divisional games right off the bat. So I'm pulling for you, Joey B, but it might be time to shave the head. I mean, you got you got to get out of this funk you're in. Um, he started his bowl cut burrow. We need buzz yeah. cut burrow. <laughs> yeah, now we need bald burrow. Just go full bald. Um, the Giants, they had uh, – the Cardinals looked great. I mean, I was shocked. And the Giants ended up mounting a comeback against them, right? But they lose Saquon Barkley. So, Tyler, what does this do fantasy-wise uh, for Saquon Barkley owners? I tell you what. The, the way that I talked about the Giants last year is a complete 360 from how I'm talking about it. Nasty I think you had winning the division. Yeah, well, no, I didn't. I had the Eagles winning the division again uh, this well, year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, losing Saquon is definitely going to hurt. Uh, I don't even know who their backup running back is, but I'm not touching anybody on the Giants. I'm not touching Darren Waller anymore. I'm not touching anybody. This offense is completely turned around itself uh, in a very bad way i thought that this was going to be the season that darren waller was going to break out with this offense i know it's two games i'm overreacting but whatever but uh yeah i mean in the first loss you give up 40 to the dallas cowboys and the cowboys are looking like the best team in the nfl right now and i don't even think that's an overreaction right now uh but i think the way that daniel jones he's playing okay you know but against a cardinals team that i thought wasn't very good is turning out to be not so bad of a football team with joshua dobbs so i think that there's more defensive problems i mean this is a, a defense that has a lot of young talent you got james bradbury one of your top cornerbacks i just i just don't understand how this defense you know was so good last year now all of a sudden they're just letting up 30 points a game. Uh, so with Saquon out, I just don't really see a very good path for this Giants team to make it back to the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, I think he's three to four weeks at the moment. We'll see if it's anything longer. Uh, let's talk about our good friend, Sean Payton. Wade, you got the Saints jersey, so I'm going to throw it to you. Sean Payton in the Denver Broncos blow a 20-point lead at halftime, end up losing 35-33. to the commanders on a very uh controversial call on a two-point conversion was that a pass interference or no yeah i think it was um it's tough to see a team lose when they came all the way back 
well, actually they blew the lead and then they came back, but it's tough to see a team lose when they march down the field, get the Hail Mary, and then it's a procedural thing on the on the officials there um, on the two-point play. So woulda, coulda, shoulda. Honestly, if you're at Denver, you got to put away that game a lot earlier. But let's give a little praise to Washington. This team's 2-0. and Not many people saw that coming. Um, Eric Bieniemy seems to have Sam Howell rolling. And uh, Riverboat Ron, man, he's steady steady but sure and he's uh two and oh yeah i mean they've uh sam howell and scary terry seem to be uh lighting teams up so another one that was surprising i guess you could say surprising it's justin herbert throwing to him keenan allen big big game fantasy wise uh let me see if i can pull up his final stat line he uh even though they lost in overtime to, to neil's titans shout out nascar neil um the, the box score for Keenan Allen here, eight catches, 111 yards, two touchdowns, put up like 25 fantasy points. So, Tyler, what I mean, the Chargers are 0-2. You had them winning the Super Bowl last year. Are mm-hmm. they going to mount their comeback? It's definitely going to be tough. You know, they have a road trip uh, in Minnesota. Both of those teams are, are 0-2. It's not the offense is the problem. It's the defense. I feel like all these 0-2 teams, their defense just doesn't have any answers for these high-powered offenses. Uh, but I think that Kellen Moore is doing a very good job. Uh, they're spreading the football around. Uh, Keaton Allen is back to the wide receiver one. When he's healthy, he can definitely be one of the most consistent uh, fantasy wide receivers. Justin Herbert is starting to have the season that he had, and Austin Eckler didn't play. Uh, this week, he was an injury. It was, it was a very tough matchup going up against the Tennessee Titans' uh, rush defense. Uh, they did good, uh, but nonetheless, the Tennessee Titans uh, and Derrick Henry had himself a game. He had a touchdown uh, and, once again, over 70 yards rushing. Uh, so I don't think it's time uh, to panic, but if they drop uh, this one to Minnesota and go 0-3, and, and especially in the division, I know like the Chiefs didn't look that great either against the Jaguars. They haven't really looked good in their first two weeks, so – that AFC West uh, is looking not really wide open, but there's some teams uh, that are very disappointing this season. Yeah, so we got we got two mats in the chat. We got Matty Ice, uh, Saints are taking the bag, no question. I'll be with him next weekend uh, for bachelor trip. We'll be watching some some games, and then we got Chu, Sean Payton, and missed pass interference calls go hand in sure. hand. That's so the was first it thing I thought Peyton of. Peyton or the Saints? There, Matt. Are we are we Ooh. tagging that at Peyton? Or uh, is the, the bad luck go over for the Saints? I think you throw that on Sean Payton. Well, Payton's relationship I mean, he, with Goodell isn't very good, so I'll give that. Yeah, I mean, him. Alvin Kamara only got a three-game suspension, and he decked somebody in the face. Yeah, I mean, he he, knocked, he knocking people out harder than the uh, Saints defenses tonight. So maybe it's Sean Payton. Uh, Broncos fans should be too excited. He does to seem kind of so, cocky. Yeah, and I don't think the refs really like him because he, he lets them have it. Um. I got a question for y'all though. Out of how many 0 2 teams do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six. So out of the six 0 2 teams, you got the New England Patriots, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, the Houston Texans, the Denver Broncos, the Chicago Bears, uh, Arizona Cardinals, and about to be the Carolina Panthers because they're going to take that L tonight. Uh, who had who who has the biggest cause for concern? All right. Uh, I got to give it to the Giants. Take it, TT. I got to give it to the Giants. This is a team that is just in absolute despair right now. Their defense sucks. Their offense uh, can be good when it wants it to. 
it's just like the division is like so lost already. Like the commanders are doing really good. They're two and zero. Everyone is two and zero except for them. So they're already two games back. I think that the Giants. So they're. I thought that they were going in the right direction. I I don't think it's really on their defensive coach, their defensive coach or, or Brian Dable. It's just like I don't know what happened to this team. I don't know what they did in the offseason, but what's working now ain't working. I think they're back to being last place in the NFC East. Okay. All right. So we got Giants for one. Wade, what do you got? I'm going to keep it in the NFC, but I'm going to go up north. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so Aaron Rodgers, you know, he leaves the division. We expected the Vikings to kind of climb to the top of that division. I know we were high on Detroit um, and they're looking pretty good, but the Vikings, I think they should have immediately taken over this division. You're trying to convince the best player on your team to sign a generational contract extension and yeah. Justin Jefferson. This isn't good advertising for that. And then you got Kirk Cousins, who's an impending um, free agent. So it's going to be hard for this team because I don't think they're bad enough to be a top five pick in the draft. And I know it is a deep quarterback class, but I think they're going to be quarterback shopping somewhere in the teens and the draft at this rate. And I just think this team is set back for quite some time. Uh, runner up to me is the chargers, but they do have Herbert extended and um, they kind of rely more on some veterans, not guys that they're trying to invest in, in the long term. They do have Quentin Johnson as kind of a developmental player. So uh, I just don't like the future or the present for the Vikings right now. The giants That's are one one, by the way. <laughs> They beat. Well, the they card. feel like they're zero and two, and yeah, they, they, they should be zero and two, but they got lucky. But they're still, playing anybody but the Cardinals. Yeah. They'd be zero and two. <laughs> I totally miss the Vikings and the Chargers as zero and two. So that's on me. We got eight teams. That See, I picked you up there. I incorporated I'm them still, both into I'm my. I'm still sticking with the Giants, even though they're one and one. Uh, so my pick's gonna be a little different. Matty Ice is in the chat. Did say uh, Peyton definitely is not good luck. I agree with that. Uh. And my pick's going to be Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. Uh, 0-2, the last year's season sucked um, with uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson at the helm. And it does honestly doesn't look any different. Um, yeah, they scored a lot of points yesterday, but they blew a huge lead. Defense not looking great. Russell Wilson still is just like, I mean, where did he go? He's he good. left Seattle. Yeah, I mean, he's cooking. He, he's taking too many cooking classes with uh, – What's his wife's name? Um, He's not uh, married, is he? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Sierra. <laughs> I think future's in his head, man. I mean, the the, the guy is just not. He's not. Uh, you know, Broncos country. Let's ride. Like it's it's Broncos country. Let's ride out this contract and just disappear <laughs> in the sunset. Um, so mine is the. I, I mean, Sean Payton's a good coach, but like I said last week or two weeks ago. I'm rooting against them as a Saints fan. I don't like them anymore. So uh, I think the the Broncos have the the biggest cause uh, for to, to freak out, right? As an 0 2 team. So if you're in the chat, let us know uh, who your pick is for you know the world is ending um, and fire is raining down on your team. So Tyler, you got that uh, fantasy football slideshow ready to rock and roll here. Yep, yep, sure do. Already right. going in, already going into week three of fantasy football. So whether you're two and oh, one and one, or oh and two, I'm here to help you. So don't you worry. All right, let's get yeah, to it. What okay. if you're all of the yeah. above? Hey, oh, yeah, if you're all the above, then I'm here for you as well. I do apologize. I did say to sit uh, Kirk Cousins. That was an absolute miss. Kirk Cousins, yeah, TT, come on. Know that they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. So hopefully. 
we can get back on track here. But the starts uh, were pretty good. Jalen Hurts uh, and, well, Aaron Jones, I had him here, but that didn't count. He was out for an injury. We do the show on Monday. So that doesn't really count to me. But, all right, let's get in. To the starts of the week, uh, the first one that we're going after is what the team that we were just talking about being 0-2 and needing a win, and that is Justin Herbert. And like I mentioned, the, the defense is definitely the main issue for the Chargers. I think that this offense is definitely going to have a really good time against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, whatever the over is, I might honestly take it because both offenses in this game are pretty good and they like to pass the football. If Austin Eckler is back, that that, that will only help Justin Herbert in this matchup. Uh, coming off of a 22.2 outing in week number two, 305 yards and two touchdowns in the loss to the Tennessee Titans. Going on to the Minnesota Vikings, uh, the Minnesota Vikings secondary is definitely one that I want to go after. We went after Jalen Hurts versus the Minnesota Vikings. He put up 27. I think that Justin Herbert can do the same. It would not surprise me. He gets three or four passing touchdowns in this game. Uh, it's a game that both of these teams need. I think that the Chargers come, come out with their hair on fire. I think that Keenan Allen will do just fine along with Justin Herbert. So we're going to attack the Minnesota Vikings secondary and go with a game that is going to be a high-scoring shootout. So have confidence in starting Justin Herbert. I think that the Chargers are going to do well this week. All right, let's go on to my running back start of the week, and we're going to go after Tony Pollard, the running back of the Dallas Cowboys. Almost back-to-back 20-point outings. He almost got it 19.9. If you round up, that's back-to-back 20-point outings. I round up. For Mr. Pollard. Uh, so 25 rushes, 70, 72 yards, uh, definitely a well outing. Uh, he did add a couple of catches, uh, but not very many yards. Uh, not a touchdown in this one. He had a couple of chances uh, to score a touchdown, uh, but nonetheless, uh, a very good two weeks for this Dallas Cowboys offense. They're absolutely rolling. Dak attack is back. Uh, Tony Pollard matchup is really good, setting up nicely, going up against an Arizona Cardinals defense. That in week one uh, fared well, and then week number two had farewelled in the first half against the New York Giants, but they had an epic collapse in the second half. Uh, so the way that this matchup I'm looking at is the Cowboys offensive line going up against a rugged and young uh, Cardinals uh, defensive line. I think I just think that the Cowboys are going to completely overmatch this one. The way that the Cowboys defense uh, has been playing, I just don't think this one is going to be remotely close. Uh, look for Tony Pollard. To get back into the end zone, it would not surprise me. He gets one or two touchdowns in this game. Look for Mr. Consistent Tony Pollard to keep scoring 20-plus points for your fantasy teams this week. All right, let's get into the pass catchers, and we're going to go with a fan favorite, a guy we haven't talked about. It is Puka Nakua, baby. Puka. If you put him on your bench, well, you better start him this week. Uh, I'm not really <laughs> not concerned about the matchups anymore. Going up against the Cincinnati Bengals secondary that we've talked about, They've had some holes in their secondary. Uh, but Puka, I mean, this guy had 20 targets against the San Francisco 49ers defense. And the 49ers, I talked about their defense. They're one of the best. And if you could continue to do that, I mean, in week one, he had a really good game. But to do it against the 49ers defense, 15 catches, 147 yards. This man is a PPR machine. Cooper Cup, who? Give me Puka this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. As Matthew Stafford, honestly, I had some my concerns about the Los Angeles Rams offense. Didn't really know what to expect, but it looks like Matthew Stafford is fully healthy. I know even in the loss, uh, the Los Angeles Rams looked pretty good. They put up 20 points against a tough matchup. But this week, they get a very good matchup on Monday night. Uh, so definitely make sure you put in Puka. He's a PPR machine. And Stafford, 
is looking to him every single down. So Puka is definitely 100% lock for the start of the week. All right, let's get into some sits. Daniel Jones is back. Uh, sorry to do this to you once again, Giants fans, uh, but Daniel Jones has a very rough matchup uh, this weekend. Uh, coming off of a very good game, though, at 31.74, but with Saquon Barkley out for the next three weeks, it's definitely don't what you want. Uh, so Daniel Jones with a tough pair that with a tough matchup. I just don't really see him getting 16.8. And they're going up against the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, whoever you have the quarterback position or the running back position, just don't even start them against the 49ers. That's, you know, there's with the secondary being strong and with the defensive line, I just think that Daniel Jones is going to struggle, especially on the road. Uh, 49ers are a 10 point favorite. I expect the 49ers to cruise in this matchup, especially with the giants having a little bit of injury concerns with their offense. So, Sit uh, Daniel Jones on the bench and wait for him to come back uh, for a very good matchup. All right, let's get into our running back sit of the week, and we're going to go for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting running back. I know this has come as quite some surprise after coming off of a 21.3 outing, a very good outing My RB1. against the Chicago Bears, but not a very good outing uh, this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. If you saw what the Eagles did against Alexander Madison in that Vikings offense, it's the same that's going to happen to Rashad White. I know that I definitely think he's still going to be involved in the passing catching department, but I just don't think that he's going to get the yardage that he had against Chicago. Uh, so if you don't really have any options, then, you know, I would definitely start him. But if you have another guy, say like Cotton Williams of the Los Angeles Rams, I would rather go with him over Rashad White. But if you don't have anyone else, uh, then you just got to stick with your guns here and go for shot wide but going up against the philadelphia eagles defense that is very good against the rush the eagles uh you know secondary got a little bit out it against kirk cousins uh, but they will hold up the past two weeks uh in the rushing department so i would uh, you know bench rashad white against a very tough matchup the last one that we're going wide receiver sit of the week is mr Traylon burks uh, the first tennessee titan wide receiver to be featured on this list, and the Titans just continue to have uh, bad matchups here. In week number three, they have to face the Cleveland Browns, and the Browns secondary is one of the best uh, in the league. They're playing right now against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm sure Pittsburgh's having a tough time against that yeah, secondary. Pittsburgh is winning seven to three. Okay, well they got but it was seven off a defensive touchdown. So that doesn't count. <laughs> so, uh, but. Really good game uh, coming off of the Chargers. Three receptions, 76 yards. Uh, was able to get a lot of good catches. But against the Browns, this is somebody that I am just don't want to trust on my starting lineup. So that's the starts of the sits in week number four. You know, you could also sit uh, good old DeAndre Hopkins, if I'm being honest, with the yeah. uh, <laughs> with the Titans because the man is just not doing anything. You're trying to sell yeah. him to me, aren't you? Oh, yeah, forget I said that, Wade. I think D-Hop's a great start <laughs> this week. Uh, you should really consider that trade. We've got a question from Chew in the chat. Uh, start Kyle Pitts or not? No, just just don't even, just don't even attempt it. You sit him, uh, but then he scores 30 points for you when you sit him. So it's just yeah. it's sad. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Chet, you could probably answer this before me because you've been having this man, you know, for like five years uh, it seems like, uh, but, uh, you know, the Falcons are going against the Lions. I do think that the Lions, you know, the Seattle, Seattle was able uh, to get after it, you know, Tyler Lockett having a big game. Uh, so 
I think, you know, it just depends. You know, Drake London is coming off a very good game. I think that if you are going to start Kyle Pitts this week, this has to be the week that he explodes uh, against a Lions secondary because Lions, you know, in week number one, they were able to to hold down, uh, you know, the Chiefs wide receivers. Uh, but I think with the talent, with Drake London, I think that you're going to have C.J. Gardner-Johnson on him. I think that the field's going to be he's open out. for Kyle Pitts. Oh, Carter he's out. Just oh, then yeah. Start Kyle Pitts. If you if you drafted him early, start Kyle Pitts against the Lions. This is where he can get a, a really good game. So yeah, I would I would start him. Don't listen to me, Chu. Listen to the fantasy football expert we got on the show. I I guess go Kyle Pitts, man. I mean, you're up a pat, you're up a creek with Kyle Pitts, so might as well uh, rock and roll with him. So uh, that's our fantasy football check in. We got to get to the who got that dog up. Who got that dog in them this week? Uh, Wade, let's let you uh, start it off here. All right. I have in mind who I want to be going with here for the who got that dog in him, but I forgot his name, so I need to look it up again. Oh, I found this literally like five minutes after we did the show last week. So, All right. My dog of the week is Alabama State head coach Connell Maynard. He is the Alabama State Bulldogs head coach there playing the Southern Jaguars, a game that Tyler covered for us. Well, he lived up to the namesake Bulldogs, and he's got that dog in him because he closed off his interview by barking at reporters to intimidate the Southern Jaguars. It didn't really work, though, as Southern, uh, the Baton Rouge hometown team, did get the victory. But come on, he's got the dog in him. He was barking at the camera. Connell Mayers. And the Southern after players were mocking him by, by, by barking yeah. after the game. Oh, I'm sure. They, they got the camera started barking. Oh, let us know in the chat who your pick is for Dog of the Week before we get to Tyler. Did I take that too literally? <laughs> no, no, I think that was perfect, Wade. I think, uh, that I think that's perfect. perfect. I think that's one of the best ones we've had. Uh, I'll keep it in the state of Alabama. I'll also go for a team. That's going to be South Alabama. Put it on an absolute clinic in Stillwater. 33-7, to wasn't even close. Mike Gundy, I don't know what's going on with that team, but Oklahoma State is absolutely in shambles. South Alabama, watch out for them uh, in the Sun Belt. I think that with James Madison being on the other side and, and Troy – uh, getting that loss uh, early on. I think that, you know, the way that South Alabama looked at, against Tulane, woke up this team. I think that South Alabama is going to be the team to beat in the Sun Belt. So the Jags with the 33-7 to win gets the dog of the week. I like it. I like it. So my pick is actually the same as Matty Ice. Who got that dog in him? I just you love Matt whenever he does this. This, is, this just makes my day whenever I see this match just no. pop up on my screen. <laughs> I need like a motivational text from Matt Jones like twice a week at least. Who got that dog in him? Wade Hamilton got that dog in him. He's going to go crush that report. <laughs> Matt and myself both, both picked Shadur Sanders. Um, after Travis Hunter took a cheap shot, uh, Shadur got in the DB's face and let him know what's up, that he was going to be here all night uh, and that he wasn't standing for it. So I'm with you, Matt. I mean, yeah – that was a game Colorado should have won by 20 points. It, I mean, it's a rivalry game. It didn't happen, but Sanders put the team on his back after Hunter went out and 38 for 47, 348 passing yards, four touchdowns and an interception. Um, he's not much of a runner though. Only had three yards rushing. That's kind of surprising. Uh, 
But that's my pick for dog of the week for sure. And we got another one from the chat. Neil, the Missouri kicker. That's a good yeah. one. Awesome name. He's I can't remember it though, but Aaron Mevis. Harrison Mevis. Yes, Mr. Mevis. I couldn't give him the dog of the week because he screwed over our parlay. That is true. <laughs> he did screw over our parlay. Uh but we had, I couldn't we give had it to him because I had comedic gold. Otherwise, yeah, I would have given it to him. Um Hits the 61-yarder for Missouri as time expires to beat K-State. The fans storm the field. They're jumping on them, dogpiling, dog of the week. Um, so definitely shout-out to the Missouri kicker, Mr. Mevis. Uh, if you got any other ones, of course, drop them in the chat. Um, let us know who your pick is for dog of the week. And stay tuned because we got some picks to make your bankroll the dog of the week. Here we go. It's time for building that bankroll. All right, building that bankroll last week in college football wasn't our hottest start. Uh, I think we went one for three. But in the NFL, we went three for three, baby. So if you bet with our NFL pick. No, nah, we went two for uh, three. What are you talking about? You picked the over, the Florida State, and I picked Florida to cover the six. They won. The only one. Oh, both my stinker against South Florida. You are right. We went two for three in college football, so still pretty big. Uh, we're not – so we're not – disclaimer, we're not putting out parlays. Um, uh, we're just putting out straight up picks. We did parlays last year, and I don't think we I think we won like two. Um, so straight up picks. We went two for three in college football, three for three in the NFL. So we're on a roll here. We're feeling confident. Uh Wade, let's start with you. Who's your pick for building that bankroll in college this week? All right, college football. Yeah, I had a little too much confidence in Alabama last week. Gave them 30 points. They couldn't even score 30 points. Oh man, just a bad pick. All right, but I am going to rebound here. I'm going to go with Florida State on the road. I think they cover that two-point spread that I saw this morning against Clemson. Money line, I mean, question mark. What's that? Money line, question mark. You feel that bull? Oh, I mean, I, yeah, definitely money line. But if, if they take the two, that would be higher odds for our viewers. So um, I think Florida State waxes Clemson. I think they get them by double digits. I know this is a, an early game on the road, but – you just can't look at these two teams right now and tell me that that Florida State's not a touchdown better than Clemson. Is it Florida State minus two or plus two? Minus two. They're they're okay. favored by two. Yeah, I would take Florida State all day. Uh, Tyler, who you got for college? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, to the Big 12 here. Uh, this is a, a very under-the-radar matchup of all the big gains. Uh, but I'm going to go West Virginia plus six at home against Texas Tech. Uh, the last time Texas Tech went on the road, it was in Wyoming. and did not go so well for them. Uh, so, you know, Texas Tech, don't be, get me wrong. I think that they're under-the-radar uh, Big 12 team. Uh, but going into West Virginia, West Virginia coming off that momentum of a backyard brawl victory over Pitt. Give me country roads to take me home and cover the spread, or honestly, maybe even take them to win. I think that they could definitely do it. Wouldn't surprise me, but give me the Mountaineers to cover the plus six. I like it. I like it. So I'm going back to the SEC. Oh, Nick Chubb taking to the locker room after suffering a leg injury. Awesome. There goes Love injuries head. galore. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, the most injury resistant player. God. Yeah. You pick the why, guy built why, like why, a refrigerator and he gets hurt. Yeah. Um, I'm going to the SEC, and I'm taking Ole Miss plus seven at Alabama. Uh, Alabama, like you mentioned, Wade, did not look good this weekend. Um, struggling in the quarterback position, Ole Miss, on the other side, has been probably the hot, one of the hottest offenses at the SEC. And I think 
this game is always crazy for Ole Miss and Alabama. You never know who really is going to win. Um, even when Ole Miss is in the gutter and Bama's playing great, it's just something about this game. It's not even like a rivalry, really. It's just – I don't know. I can't figure it out. Lane Kiffin has it out for Nick Saban. Um, so, I'm taking Ole Miss plus seven. I honestly think you could take a money line here uh, and feel pretty confident. So, um, switching to the NFL, I'll start it off. Uh, Saints travel to Green Bay next week, and I'm taking Saints plus two. Uh, and I might change my bet after tonight's game because the offense is looking atrocious right now. Uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Saints plus two. That's a little bit of a homer pick. I know we said no homer picks, but I feel confident in it. So Tyler, what do you got for the NFL? Yeah, the NFL is very tough to pick uh, week in and week out. I'm gonna go with a game that's right now at a pick'em. Don't know if this is gonna change, uh, but I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Vikings money line against Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I think it's it's at home uh, in front of the passionate fans. Uh, so. I do think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, so if you want to take the over as alternate, I think that over 54 is definitely going to hit. Uh, but you know what? I'm bold. I'm just going to go Vikings uh, straight up, go money line. I like it. Wade, what do you got for us for the NFL pick? All right. I think we've been ragging on the New York Giants a lot on this show. And I'm going to continue it. I'm going to take the under in the New York Giants and San Francisco 49ers game. I don't know if the San Francisco offense is fully clicked yet. Um, I do think the New York defense is a little bit better than um, maybe we've hinted at on this show. So I think they kind of keep this game lower scoring. I just think teams don't come out uh, ready to go on Thursdays. And I really don't think New York's going to have any offense. So I think right now it was at 42. But let me see if I can get an updated figure on that. Um yeah, 45. All right, even better. So, yeah, I'm going to take the New York and San Francisco game to be under 45. I like it. Uh, so that's our picks for the week. Of course, we'll put out the graphic near the weekend. I'll do it a little earlier since Tyler picked the Thursday game. So thank you for that, Tyler. Just make sure you remind me to tweet no, it me. before Sunday. I well, didn't pick the Thursday night oh. game. What are you trying oh, to put this place. sorcery get, on? Get, get your Prime subscription ready. Check. Come on now. Oh, I, I got the Prime subscription. Don't you worry. Prime time, baby. And we're about to talk about Prime time when we get to the college football talk right here. Prime time, Deion Sanders taking on Colorado State. Uh, what are they? The Rams. Rams. The Rams. The Buffaloes versus the Rams. And the college football, honestly, game day was there. It didn't really feel like it was going to be the game of the day, but. Honestly, it turned—I mean, it turned into an overtime thriller. Late night start, ten o'clock. Um, I was in bed before overtime started, and I was falling asleep during commercials and waking up when the <laughs> when I would hear the announcer screaming. So, Colorado takes this one in overtime, but Tyler, they go on the road to Oregon next week. So, do you see the Buffaloes' fortune changing when they visit Eugene? Mm, well, change in a good way, no, because I think that Oregon is absolutely going to destroy them. I think that the 21-point favorite, uh, I don't know if they're going to beat them by 21, uh, but the way if Colorado plays like the way that they did on Saturday, then Oregon's not going to have any problem. I just think that Colorado hasn't faced an offense that Oregon has. You know, they've been scoring like 80 points against Portland State, which Portland State scored 91 against uh, North American <laughs> University. Uh, but Oregon has just been playing, you know, freshman mode on, on NCAA football. Uh, so I think that, you know, both of these teams are going to get their uh, first test. You know, Colorado has already been tested, but 
this is a definitely a hostile uh, environment going into Eugene, Oregon, you know, without Travis Hunter being out for three plus weeks, uh, that's definitely going to hurt not only for the offense, uh, but for the defense, uh, you know, we've seen Xavier Weaver. I think that he's going to have to have a big game. Uh, Shadur Sanders is also going to have to have a big game. This is going to be close. This is probably going to be a lot of points scored, you know, you know, Colorado has been tested against a, a Nebraska defense, but Oregon's defense has got some absolute dudes. So I just think that Colorado's overmatched in this one. I, I definitely understand the hype in this one. You know, it would have been embarrassing if Colorado would have lost uh, to Colorado State. Looking ahead at their schedule, if they lost that one, I just don't think that they would have been a bowl team. There's just an absolute gauntlet uh, ahead of them uh, for this Colorado team in back-to-back weeks. You have Oregon, and then you have USC at home. So I, I don't think they're going to be a top 25 team. I think that the hype is slowly going to die out. I think that Oregon is just going to put it to them on Saturday. Okay, so Tyler's not on the primetime train. Don't let Dion hear it, though. He's going to take it personally, Tyler. And uh, he, I just saw hold on, Neil's comment here. He says Shiloh Sanders is better than his brother, and it's not close. Are we kidding? I don't know if I agree with that one there, Neilio. Um, considering Shadur is leading the the uh, FBS in passing yards, um, Tyler, they're going to take your face and they're going to put it in the locker room, and they're going to your say, bulletin this, board this material kid from Sports Scramble is, is talking down on us. We're esteemed sports analyst Tyler SJ yeah. is shitting on. Okay, the seriously, y'all Colorado think that Colorado's going to keep it close of Oregon? Like, be real. Uh, that that's I'm not going to give anything away just yet till we get later in the show, but I think it's going to be more of a game than we than everybody is assuming. But it is a is it the Colorado game? It's either Oregon or USC. They have what they have a 10 a.m. kickoff. I think it's when they play USC next week or two weeks against USC. Yeah, yeah, 10 a.m. because they wanted the big big uh, noon kickoff, which doesn't make any sense because that's for Big 12 games, right? And this is the Pac 12. So why in the world are we playing the Pac-12 game of the week? Because it's Dion. They're gonna Fox, ESPN, whoever. They're gonna put Colorado's game in, in you know in the prime time slot. And you know Fox's prime time is at 11 a.m. So I don't know. It what well, it it's. Just I just so think that real. all these people talking up Colorado is gonna learn that Oregon and USC are still the top dogs in this conference. We will see. That, that's hey, chaos in college football. I love it. Uh, Wade, let's get to you. Uh, I want to hear you take on LSU dominating Mississippi State uh, this weekend on Saturday. Yeah, the LSU Tigers looked fantastic. Um, Tyler and I delved into this yesterday. Um, it was just really good to see Jaden Daniels stretch the field. Uh, Malik Neighbors really looked like that first-round wide receiver that we know he can be. And I think that they're cooking with gas now. Um, I think Ole Miss is still kind of the the cream of the crop in the SEC West, but we'll know a lot more about that in two weeks. And I think LSU's in a good spot. I I um, kind of had them on internal upset alert against Mississippi State. They erased all concerns for me. And I think that they'll put up some big numbers against Arkansas this weekend. And I think their run game is going to continue to get better. They haven't really had to rely on the trenches because of how well Jaden was able to spread it. But I think LSU has three or four capable running backs that could go off on any given night. I would tell you right now, Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in the SEC West, in my opinion, and I don't think it's even close. You have a shamble of an Alabama team that, I mean, who 
they got to go back to Milton, right? I mean, there's Saban copped out today and he said it was just a motivational tactic to see if he had that leadership in him. It didn't motivate nobody. Like, that (laughs) that was awful. AKA, he trusted an assistant coach and he'll never do it again. Exactly. Um, And I think second is Jackson Dart, right? I mean, he is. I like Dart a lot. Yeah. He's in a very good scheme at Ole Miss and it fits him perfectly. Uh, But. In the past, he hasn't been able to win the big game. So let's see what he does this weekend against Alabama. Um, Will Rogers was previously one of the best passing quarterbacks, but they, their program is just in complete, yeah. utter array uh, right now with, with that offense. Uh, AJ Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, he's got the potential. It's just they fell apart. Uh, we'll see how he doesn't have enough talent around him. In my yeah, opinion. not a casting that support that he did a couple of years ago. Right. And exactly. you got the young guy, Connor Wagman. He can sling it. Yeah, Connor Wagner, I think, is number three on my list. I think that he's the real deal. Peyton Thorne is – he's a good game manager, kind of like Dart. I think Jimbo is going to handcuff Wagman because he's going to take the reins back, I think, uh, calling the plays, and it's just going to go down the shitter. Well, what's his name? Uh, Petrino yeah, might get sidetracked at homecoming or something, you know? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think Jimbo is <laughs> going to pull, pull the play sheet back from uh, before the end of the season. And then you got in the East – Carson Beck's unproven. Um, they didn't look great against South Carolina. Spencer Rattler has his ups and downs. Uh, Graham Mertz, I mean, this was the first time you you saw anything from him. Uh, he looked like he had his swagger back. Joe Milton is just not what everybody hyped him up to be. Um, that was a, a this first true test and did not look great. I don't even know Vanderbilt's quarterback's name. Yeah, who um, cares? Yeah. I mean, is there anybody else that I'm missing that potentially would be a better quarterback? That's I mean, I thought going into the season that Devin Leary would be on this list, but Kentucky is relying heavily on Ray Davis uh, and running the football. So I think you nailed it. I think the top three are, you know, Jane Daniels, Jackson Darden, and Connor Wagman is my top three. What no, about like, Spencer Rattler? No, he, no, 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 no. Nope. He, I'm off the he's good Rattler. for like two, two or three games in the year, and then after that it's all downhill. He's good for like two yeah. or three quarters every game, but then the one quarter is what cost his team. <laughs> the game that he's not supposed to win is the one that he plays like lights out in. Like the first half of Georgia, he looked great. And then they just like, you know, the Shane Beamer. What do y'all think about Shane Beamer coming out saying, we're kicking their butt? And then they turn around. <laughs> that game would have been better off if it never went to halftime. If they just like made him continue to play through halftime, South Carolina had a chance. Yeah, I I think uh, you don't stop the clock. You just rock and roll. It's same with Alabama and South Florida. Um, those lightning delays, honestly, is what saved Alabama. Um, looking around the, the conference, Florida shocked Tennessee. Tyler, did you have Florida taking down Tennessee on your bingo card this week? I did. I actually – I just saw it coming, honestly. Well, I, knew that, I knew that this uh, – you know, Billy Napier was starting – his hot seat was starting to heat up. I think it's kind of cooled off now. He's – with this one, he's starting to buy uh, some time. I think that Florida, I think that they're about the only shot to really have a chance uh, against Georgia. I think that the way that their defense uh, is playing, uh, if their offense is good enough, I think that if Trevor Etienne plays like he did, and you have Montreal Johnson, I think that that would be Florida would have to play uh, Georgia, you know, just wind out the clock uh, and make them really turn it into a defensive battle. So I think that Missouri is going to be a dark horse. South Carolina, they're, they're out of it. Vanderbilt, we know how they're going to be. They just lost their freaking UNLV of all teams. Uh, so <laughs> I think uh, 
I think uh, that uh, Florida is definitely going to be uh, one of those contenders. Not really take down Georgia and win the SEC East, uh, but I think that they, they could definitely be a dark horse. I think that the Utah loss uh, definitely woke up this team. I agree with you. Um, you know, we almost went three and three with the upset picks, but I, I just had to go with South Carolina over Georgia. It was looking good for a half. Uh, I just popped up a comment from Chu. The stretching at the car dealership <laughs> for LSU was the key to victory. Uh, I think Brian Kelly ought to take them boys down to Airline Highway and stretch at the Audi and the Porsche dealership <laughs> for the next week. Let them pick out a car and then come on back to the stadium and get ready to rock and roll. Um, but let's be honest, 11 a.m. games – for as LSU fans, we dread them because they never wake up. So Brian BK had he had a plan and they executed it perfectly. And the Tigers just they look great. They have the whole SEC West in front of them. They have you their way, them. as you would say. Yes, they had their way at BK. Um, <laughs> they they've got the whole SEC West in front of them, and they have a chance, honestly, to move on, flush the Florida State loss, finish out the season. The way Alabama's looked, I, I think that's that's a very winnable game in Tuscaloosa. You, of course, you don't want to look ahead over Ole Miss. That's going to be a big matchup in Oxford. Um, the next three games will decide if they're going to win the West, yeah. probably. Because it, it goes uh, Arkansas, it goes Arkansas Ole, Miss. At Ole Miss, and at Missouri. At Missouri is always a tough road trip. Watch that kicker. Don't give them anything within 60 <laughs> yards. Keep it, keep it a touchdown a lead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't, don't make it close. Uh, but it's very winnable, right? You know, it was the end of the world at the start of the season, which we all uh, kind we of fell voted. into it. Uh, but it's winnable. You've got they they control their destiny. That's all you want from a team. Um, but the team that beat them was Florida State, and that was a narrow win. Florida State, Boston College. Wait, do you think Florida State uh, tripped, or was it just a red bandana game from Boston College that gave them the edge? It was one of those early morning long travel games. I think that's the second longest trip for anybody in the ACC. So, you know, um, we've seen teams stumble at Boston College before. Clemson, even when they were winning national championships year in, year out, they kind of got off to a slow start up in Chestnut Hill. So, yeah, I, I think there's not a ton to take from this game. Luckily, Jordan Travis is healthy. He kind of was tripped up and momentarily out of the game so they'll definitely need him this weekend as they hit the road again to Clemson um but I, I still believe in this team I still think they're the best in the ACC uh with the caveat of uh Notre Dame I guess Notre Dame can play their way into the Orange Bowl with the way their they agreement with their the way ACC the playoff. Is. so yeah uh keep an eye on Notre Dame outside of the conference but kind of inside the conference but uh yeah, I, I think um, I think Florida State's going to be okay. I think that it's always good when you can learn a lesson and a win, right? And you don't no, have definitely. to go with a loss. Yeah, I mean, they battled some adversity, and they came out with it uh, kind of a surprising against Boston College. So let's look to week four, a uh, big matchup in Baton Rouge, LSU-Arkansas. Uh, we touched, of course, we've got Bayou Bengal Bites coming out later this week. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, to, and the alert if you want to hear about the LSU Arkansas preview and who we picked to win. Spoiler alert: we both picked LSU. Uh, Michigan taking on Rutgers. I mean, three and O teams is. I mean, Michigan is. is do they have a chance to fall to your Tyler? I think uh, if you are on the betting lines, I would definitely take uh, Rutgers to cover that plus twenty four. You know, 
Jim Harbaugh is uh, going to come back in this one, so we'll see if they're going to be uh, ready and loaded. But this Michigan offense hasn't been what I expected. You know, J.J. McCarthy threw uh, three interceptions last week uh, against Bowling Green. It's not really anything to do with the defense. I think uh, the defense has been fine. But like Michigan, they haven't really been tested. Uh, they're just going through three cupcakes. I, I think that Rutgers, uh, the way that they look at the first uh, three weeks, uh, the, they got that big one week one win against Northwestern. I know that Northwestern isn't much of a – really talk about they're going to be the stinker of the Big Ten uh, this year uh, but I think that Michigan uh, you know don't I think that they'll probably not be sleepwalking for this with Jim Harbaugh coming back they're going to be motivated and ready to play for him uh, so I do think though Rutgers can definitely cover that 24. No uh, 24 is a lot uh, it is in the big house so we'll see how that goes Florida State Clemson quick pick wait who you got Florida State Florida State Tyler Florida State I'm with you. Three, three on Florida State. Um, UCLA and Utah. That's a that's a Pac-12 uh, matchup here uh, at two thirty on Fox. I mean, they could have just broadcasted Oregon and or next week, Colorado and USC. Uh, this one's interesting. It's at Utah. Is Cam rising back yet? Does anybody? No know? idea. Um, I would imagine if he's coming back, he'd be back by then. Yeah, I mean. I so their second their names elude me, but the third stringer, in my opinion, gives Utah a better chance to win the game than the second stringer. But uh, quick pick: UCLA, Utah. Wade, I'm gonna go Utah. I think this is a good veteran bunch. All right, Tyler, give me the Utes. All right, we're all on the Utes on that one. Um, Ole Miss traveling to Tuscaloosa it technically could be an upset alert. Ole Miss is 15, Alabama is 13. Uh, who do you have starting at quarterback, Wade? Who do you think we see? I think we see Milrow um, for the majority of the game, but I don't think it's enough. I have Ole Miss. Okay. We got, uh, and like I mentioned in our betting segment, it's a seven-point spread. I'm on Ole Miss as well. I think they pull off the upset. Tyler, are you going with the tide? And to avoid the triple sweep on Ole Miss, like it on SEC Talk, I am going to go with Alabama. <laughs> I think that Nick Saban – don't even overthink it. Jalen Milrow gives you the best chance uh, to actually move the football down the field because Tyler Buckner ain't it, and Ty Simpson at times looked pretty good. Uh, but I think that Jalen Milrow, you need a dual, a dual threat guy going up against this uh, Ole Miss uh, defense. Uh, so I think that, you know, if if Ole Miss gets out to a very hot start, I think that Alabama is doomed, especially the way that the off offense has been. So I'm going to go with Alabama at home just because. <laughs> All right. I like it. I like it. Honestly, game of the week here. We've got Ohio State traveling to, to Notre Dame to take on the Fighting Irish, 6.30 Saturday night. Uh, this one is, you know, potential playoff uh, implications here. Uh, they could knock out either team, really. Hmm, that's a tough one. I think Notre Dame has looked like the better team um, in terms of quarterback play. Now, you do have Ohio State uh, with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., who's, I mean, who knows if Notre Dame's going to be able to guard him. Uh, but I think uh, what's it? Notre Dame's quarterback, uh, Sam, Hartman. Amazing, Sam Hartman. Uh, his name eluded me. Uh, I think he is going to him and his rib are going to be the ones to pull it out. So, uh, who do you got, Wade? Ohio State or Notre Dame? I'm going to keep agreeing with you here, Chet. I, I think Ohio State's the better team, but I like Notre Dame at home with the uh, the Heisman uh, candidate and Hartman, and I think he's the better quarterback on the field. So. I think Notre Dame takes this one. If they can uh, definitely rein in Ohio State's offense just a little bit, I think that they could uh, 
take this one by a touchdown. I like it. I like it. Tyler, who do you got? We yeah, forced them into that, Ohio State. <laughs> I, I, no, I agree with you that, uh, you know, Notre Dame has looked like the better team. You know, Ohio State uh, was looking in the first two games. Uh, the offense has been rolling, but they put up 63 points against Western Kentucky. Uh, you know, McCord, uh, you know, with Ryan Day announcing him as the full-time starter moving forward, I think that gave him some confidence. And then we also saw going to have to deal with one of the best wide receivers in Marvin Harris. And uh, so this Notre Dame secondary – is going to get tested, uh, but I think if Notre Dame, uh, if Estime can get going the way that he's been having the past couple of weeks, and I hate to do it, I think we're all going to go Notre Dame here, so I'm going to go with the Fighting Irish. Right. This was my pick of the week, and I hate that you both went on Notre Dame, so it's probably not going to happen anymore, but give me the Irish. Hey, we were low on Ohio State in the, the preseason. I think we had them at second or third in the East, so. Um, they, has, they haven't really impressed me this much this season, if I'm being honest. They haven't been honest. tested yet. That is true. I think the that they'll point. end up in the they might end up winning the um the East, just depending on how that Michigan game goes at the end of the year. But Penn State's there too. So Yeah, don't forget about Penn State. Yeah, no, uh, the 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 Nittany Lions down in Happy Valley, you gotta watch out for them. Uh, let's get into some upset picks for week four of college football. If you're in the chat, let us know your upset pick and who should be put on upset alerts. I'm gonna start drum roll, please, with Wade. Who do you got? Upset pick. All right, I'm gonna follow your bet. Uh, you picked Ole Miss to cover against Alabama. I'm gonna take Ole Miss outright. I think Ole Miss knocks off Alabama. Uh, this is a team that plays well against Alabama on any given year, and I think this year they're actually probably the more complete team, at least on offense. So yeah, give me a give me Ole Miss, not Ohio State. <laughs> In a high-scoring game. I like it. I like it. I think it's going to be a shootout as well. So, Tyler, upset pick. Who is on alert? I'm pulling it uh, not so fast on you, like my friend over there on college game day of Lee Corso. <laughs> I said at the start I was going to go with Baylor over Texas, but not anymore. Pac-12 is going to see an upset. I'm going to go with Washington State upsetting Oregon State. Oregon State is a slight uh, three-point favorite. But I think that DJU and that off in that offense is going to get tested by Washington State. It's going to be a high-scoring shootout, but the Cougs get it at home. That's a future yeah. Mountain West showdown, right there. Yeah. The two forgotten teams. Of Whoever the wins gets to stay the pack in the two. conference. <laughs> <laughs> stay in the pack two. Uh, I saw the Washington State Oregon State matchup, and when I was looking ahead, and I didn't mention it because Tyler, I had a feeling you were going to pick them uh, in your upset picks. My upset pick, Tyler doesn't agree with me, and he didn't agree with me last week, and it almost happened. I'm rolling with primetime, baby. Colorado over Oregon. Uh, I don't know what time they play. I was all up on uh... You know, you could have taken the cop out. We all picked Notre Dame to upset Ohio State. That Yeah. Uh, I'm, Maybe I'm that's the one we publish. <laughs> Maybe. I'm rocking with Colorado over Oregon. I think Shadur is just – Neil doesn't like him, as you can see in the chat. He, he doesn't think he's going to amount to anything in the NFL. But if it didn't I think have him, wrong. Colorado would be 0-3 right now. I put a future bet on him to win the Heisman. I'm all in on the prime time. I've got an order of the blender shades coming in. I am ready to rock and roll with, with Dion and Sanders. It's going to be hard without Travis Hunter. But I think he's going to be there in spirit, and I think they knock off the Mighty Ducks. It's just a matter if you can contain Bo Nix. Uh, so that'll, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, but I think they knock off the Ducks and Eugene. Colorado walks away 4-0. And 
ranked in the top 10. And, and then some people are seriously talking because I think if they can beat Oregon, they can beat USC. It's just going to be a matter of who can score. Them. I like them against USC better. Yeah, I do too. Uh, but we'll see uh, if they can pull it off this week. I feel confident that they can. Um, that's it for our college football talk. We've got, uh, of course, everyone's favorite NASCAR, Neil, uh, with his weekly NASCAR update. So let me get to it here. So this weekend, we had a fun start with the legend himself. Dale Jr. ran the first of his two annual Xfinity races this weekend. Uh, it was a cool moment for him to, to allow his family to experience what he was raised in and what his family had such an impact on. He ran top five all night, led tens of laps with, with a shot to win uh, until unfortunately a fire broke out inside of his car and he had to go to the pit with around 30 to go. Um, luckily, a uh, driver on his team, Justin Algier, got the win, so he was still able to celebrate at the end of the night. Dem Denny Hamlin wins yet another crowd jewel race. Uh, this early race was, was plagued by rain, uh, which a lot of the college football games this weekend were as well. Um, so it was start and stop, and stage one and stage two were dominated by Bell and Larson. Bell gets the sweep of both stages after starting in the pole for the third straight race. He was the first to sit on the pole for every race in a playoff round. And at the start of stage three, uh, LaHoy spins and slides up the track and causes serious damage to Logano and takes him out. He was a bubble, he was a bubble driver, so it creates some serious shakeup on the playoff line. Ty Gibbs had a solid run up front for the first half of stage three, leading his most laps of his cup career. Hamlin gets the lead around the middle of stage uh, three, and right after being lapped by Truex, gets loose and brings out a yellow but suffers no damage. Hamlin hangs on. Uh, to win it. The playoff line started off close with a tight gap between Wallace, Truex, Truex, and Logano. However, the, the wreck with LaHoy took out the defending champ, Joey Logano, being, uh, making him eliminated. Uh, him being the first defending champ to be eliminated in the round of 16. Logano, McDowell, Stenhouse, and Harvick are eliminated as well, and the points now reset for the next round. So Chastain minus three, Brad K minus three, Blaney minus six, and Wallace minus 14 are now sitting before the cut line. It's silly season, or off-season, if you didn't know. Uh, news that was announced Friday that Daniel Hemrick will be driving the 31 car next season after the team did not renew Justin Haley. Hemrick's a consistent driver who just cannot close out wins, so Neil is picking him to get a win next season. It was also announced that uh, Spring Bristol will no longer be on dirt and will host two races. On Saturday, it was announced that Live Fast Racing sold their charter uh, to Spire, and it was also announced that Zane Smith, a top prospect for the Truck Series, will be driving the unmourned Bumby car on loan from Trackhouse. Uh, and also, Neil will be live at the race this weekend uh, in Texas. So shout out NASCAR Neil. If you see him on the grounds, make sure you say hello. Hey, he's uh, ready, guys. He's got his radio. He's got a new cooler. I mean, NASCAR Neil is like in it for the long haul. <laughs> that's what I think I like he's going to the Friday night um, action as well. Perfect. There we go, NASCAR Neil. That's what I like to hear. So um, last little tidbit. Before we, we close the show, Shohei Otani out for the rest of the season. There were some rumors with him. Uh, you know, he cleaned out his locker. Everybody was freaking out. He's got an oblique injury, and he's got a UCL injury, so they're sitting him down. Uh, do you see him returning to the Angels at the end of the year, guys? Nope. He gone. No, he's, he's done in Los Angeles. Um, kind of a cross-sports reference here. I, I just feel like the Chargers and the Angels are like the two – secondary LA teams and they're just cursed. Like they got a lot of talent. They just can't string it together. Um, yeah, I just, I think that Shohei is 
destined for bigger things. Uh, hopefully the next place he goes, they can win because we'd love to see him in the playoffs. I would like to see him as well. It'd be, it'd be pretty electric to see him in October. Uh, speaking of playoffs, they start pretty soon, so we'll be uh, tuning in some MLB talk. I'm going to leave that one on Wade. He's our MLB expert since Tyler is the fantasy football expert. So uh, we appreciate everybody watching this week. Uh, make sure you hit the like, share, comment, subscribe button. It really helps us out. Follow us on podcast, Spotify, leave a review. Um, and, and with that, guys, anything else before I send it off to the stratosphere? I don't think so. Well, we hope everyone has a, a great week. We hope God blesses you with multiple fortune and uh, that all your teams win this weekend. So thanks for watching. <laughs>